This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. listeners, this is Glynis McCarthy from the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. Learning Teams embraces and respects the need for functional diversity and the diversity of thought to be present and an integral part of organisational and worker learning. This approach acknowledges and makes visible the differences that exist between genders in the workforce and identify health and safety risks and implement, maintain and improve effective solutions. Today, is an episode of our special podcast series on women's perspective, adoption and approach of the new view of safety and of learning teams, where I have conversations with women who represent organizational leadership, industry advocacy, safety practitioner, and regulatory authority. We will explore that individual's own journey, the role of gender in safety, and the potential of the new view of safety and of learning teams. Today, I'm joined by Ruby Thompson, an aspiring HSE professional based in Melbourne, Australia. Ruby works in the construction sector and has recently developed a series of well-being, self-awareness and personal responsibility awareness webinars. Ruby is passionate about psychological safety, performance improvement and long-term positive work culture. Please join me and my special guest, Ruby, as we learn and improve together. Hi, Ruby. Thank you so much for giving us um, some of your time today. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in health and safety? Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Sure. So my journey in health and safety started in 2009 when I decided to study it at university. Like uh, a lot of year 12 students, I was a little bit unsure of which direction I wanted to go in and and seeking advice from my parents, family, friends and career counsellors. I decided that safety was going to be the best pathway for me. It really was that mix of interacting with people, being out in the field and also having a a bit of an administration systems um, part to the career as well too. Um, I had a lot of people in my life that had worked in high-risk industries, so I was already familiar with mining and construction, and I love the, the, the type of people, the, the kind of rough on the outside, but absolute teddy bears on, on the inside, and I really wanted to work with more genuine, um, hardworking people and, and be there to support them in the industry. So. That was a big motivator for me when choosing that career. Um, Also with my degree, I, because safety, as we know, is it can be a bit dry. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. (laughs) Um, So I I minored in psychology because I love the people side of of safety, the um, culture, you know, influencing people's um, decision and, and basically 
overall making it a more enjoyable experience and and keeping people interested in safety. So I I studied psychology as well, which was very interesting and has always been a passion of mine throughout my career, which is 10 years now, so which just really sneaks up. But that's that's what influenced my my decision. I think having um, a pairing with psychology in safety is a really good starting point. Um, my pairing in, in um, safety is not through psychology, but through adult education. And so it's very much with a focus on making sure that the, the individual is at the centre of. Um, and I think psychology does something very similar. It gives you a great insight into kind of how people think about safety and about what motivates them and what um, aids them in terms of their practice and also the things that can detract from practice. Um, I'm sure coming into doing a degree in kind of safety, um, at the time it, it does seem like a, um, it, it's, I'm surprised that that's something that was that was sort of talked about um, as, as a year 12 student um, and put on the cards. I know that um, with my own journey, it, that was not something that was sort of ever put out there is that you could do something that was dedicated around safety. Mm. Um, do you think that there's an equal gender split in, in the health and safety sector? I wouldn't say it's quite at equal. It it is uh, the type of role where you do see more female presence. Um, Again, it depends on the company or industry. Sometimes they they have achieved a a better split, but um, compared to other roles, say like a a mechanical fitter, there there is a a much better split of uh, uh, females and males in the safety role. And I would like to see a continual growth in HSC women in leadership roles. I think that's really where I would like to see more growth in the industries because I guess that opportunity moving away from the from the, the middle-aged male in the management roles, trusting that females have that knowledge to, to lead, to lead, which has not been necessarily traditional in in the high risk industries because yeah it 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 a lot of benefit a lot of benefit and I, and I love seeing women continuing to progress and 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 fit those roles uh, it was something at the start of my career where I was very self-conscious of coming from a university background and not a trade background um, which I think has been very idolized in the in the construction and and mining the high risk industries but yeah, I'm seeing a lot of women as well progress and trust their, their backgrounds and knowledge. And, and the best thing is, is that you can always ask questions. So how do you get around that in practice? Um, I also have, have experienced that where people have said to me, well, what do you know? You know, you've not come up through the tools. You don't have that kind of lived experience um, and often have to kind of come at things in, in a slightly different way, in a much more collaborative way, I suspect, um, because I rely on somebody else's exper- expertise in terms of being able to craft something. So tell me, how do you kind of navigate that space? Absolutely. Um, so, so important. I love how you put that. It is more of a collaborative effort um, when when trying to find out more information, which is, is applicable to everything. It's before starting any high-risk activities. It's throughout an incident investigation. It's for reviewing swims. And I think 
just knowing that it takes time to build that knowledge as well in in the high-risk industries there's so many activities and trades and specialists and and then they have all their individual tasks and breakdowns of things so it does take time to to build that knowledge and you don't need to know every single detail to be able to assist people um basically you know your safety knowledge can be applied to to all activities but the biggest thing for me is consulting with the workers and the supervision and and having the courage to continue to asking questions if it hasn't quite landed yet and I will never pretend to know everything I will you know even as I've you know and I approached this at the start of the, my careers and continue to do the same thing I'll sometimes have a joke with um, the the trades and say I don't know if you have this store but you would know about it I would say just slow down you're speaking fluent Bunnings <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no, that, I know that reference yes <laughs> and um, and just kind of break it down and then it goes both ways as well too because there'll be things that I need to break down and translate to to the the trades I often think during audits I'm the translator because there'll be these very serious and sometimes intimidating academic questions and and throughout procedures as well and dealing with trades that maybe haven't finished high school and didn't choose a career in construction um, for you know they they wanted to avoid all, all the essays and 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 procedures but and I'll kind of translate it to them because they have such a, a valuable you know, set of set of knowledge, and then translating it back then into the academic script for the audit report. So it definitely goes both ways. And I've seen where, you know, supervisors are very confident out in the field, but then might trip up or avoid writing incident reports or swims because they are intimidated by the language used in in swims and procedures. So I really see myself as, as a coach to assist them build their confidence um, and even with using safety systems because if people don't feel confident, they'll avoid it. So it's really important to set people up for success. And I, I give people that, that respect. So I also expect that I would be treated the same if I'm unsure when, when asking questions. So that is my biggest tip to young people and women in the industry is to continue asking questions. No one should make you feel silly. If someone does, um, go to somebody else. Yeah, and to, and to remember that that's on them, um, yeah. rather than that being on the person that has asked a silly question in the first place. No, I, t I completely concur with you. Um, I think one of the, the best things in health and safety is to be able to come alongside people who do the work um, and to do that if you do that in a genuine way. So if you acknowledge that you don't have that knowledge set that they do, but that you might bring some skills in, in other areas um, and then that you go forward and you work together to kind of find the solution that's going to be workable. Um, no, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that that's sometimes something that I see is done slightly better, I suspect, with my female colleagues than sometimes with my male colleagues. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel with my male colleagues, sometimes a little bit of ego might just get in there. <laughs> Um, and perhaps sometimes with the, my female colleagues, actually they just take it as part of how you do business. You know, you need to be able to come alongside other people and you need to be able to collaborate with them and you need to be able to find workable solutions that often other people have the knowledge around. Um, and it's for, for what we're, what I'm trying to do, at least in my role, is to facilitate that.
Definitely, definitely. I do find in those situations where the ego can get in the way and it certainly can. Men are fantastic to work with. I love working with men. They're so practical and brilliant at what they do. And then sometimes the ego can just be a massive block. It's 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 quite interesting to observe. So I do find as a female presence, I can really diffuse those situations to move forward and extract the information that we need to move forward. <laughs> but the, the, the best thing as well that comes with the male ego is that men are generally very forgiving and get on with it and, and forget about it the next day everyone's um, mates again so <laughs> and some of the things I like the most in my job is some of the stories that get bandied about or some of the sort of the tales um, that, that you know just sometimes they just truly crack you up yeah. um, that you don't get kind of in the corporate office um, but you know you're working alongside a bloke with a big piece of heavy equipment and you know just the way that he sees the world and the way that he expresses how he sees the world sometimes you know can honestly it can make you want to sit on the ground and kind of curl up in that fetal position because you are laughing so hard that you feel like your stomach is going to cramp. Um, oh, so, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so there can be some good times, can't there? You know, so oh. sometimes the challenges can actually, if you flip head, they can be something that really sort of inspire you to kind of, I'm going to get to the top of this hill no matter what and not, no impediments are going to get in the way. Um, Absolutely. From your point, from your opinion, um, what do you think are the key challenges for for women and younger women, particularly working in health and safety? Definitely. Um, and and the thing that comes to mind for me is how intimidating the industry is for a young person, a young female. Um, and yeah women in general but also young people and this is one thing i really like to pay forward um, to cadets and graduates and apprentices in the industry is to really be there as a person of support for them because i'm so grateful for the people that were there supporting me because it's just so intimidating there's a lot going on when i first started I was very young, I was 19 when I started my, my first job and I was 20 when I was out on site. So I finished my degree very young, being a Christmas Eve baby. So um, a lot younger than, um, uh, yeah, I was a lot younger than my friends and, and straight into the world of fly in, fly out and, and mining sites. And there's so much going on. And it was just a, a lot. It was really intimidating. And I had a lot of pressure on myself to know everything. And that is just, that's not the case. So just, uh, and and the biggest thing I will say as well to no, no matter what age or gender people are is to trust your instincts as well. That's so important with safety is you don't have to have all the knowledge to recognize risks or when something's not right but often it's your gut feeling that will tell you when something's not right or just to take an extra five minutes and not proceed or, or ask someone a question um, about if if that's right so um, instincts are a massive one so that gut feeling has served us for thousands and thousands of years and it's usually bang on um, so yeah I, I would say surround yourself with good people that's really important, um, especially working such long hours. I was working 14 hour days, uh, spending time away from my family, but I've always been very lucky that I've always found really good people in the workplace that I can trust and, and go to. And 
um, they, they've really gotten me through. But yeah, just ask questions, back yourself, um, listen to what feels right as well. If, if someone's not making you feel great, maybe that's not the person to go to for questions. People shouldn't be making you doubt yourself. That's that's not very nice. That's a reflection of them, of what, whatever's going on for them. And, and also importantly, to make sure you are looking after yourself. That is so, so important because if we're not taking care of ourselves, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, um, being conscious of what we're consuming, and that includes conversations, um, then it, it makes it a lot harder to filter out the, the, the negative and, and the noise and, and it really starts to wear you down. And, and that's one thing I'm very passionate about doing in my role is reminding people or, or putting them back on that path to looking after themselves because people just sacrifice so much in these industries so much of their time to for whatever their reasons are usually it's you know for their family to have a better life and and slowly by slow they, these little habits um, really put them out of touch of of taking care of themselves and it feels very easy to get bogged down by your externals that you have no control over so really taking back control of what you can and that's how you look after yourself and who you spend time with that makes it easier and makes you more resilient to to the to the challenging things um, in in the industry which there's there's plenty of so that would be my biggest advice to to young women, young people, um, people that are new to the industry is, is, and people who have worked in the industry for a long time, take care of yourself even. It's, it's changing one small habit every single day and, and spending time with good people who uplift you and ask questions. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, all. no, I, I'm with you on that. Mm. I know throughout my career, it's been really important for me to have um, good role models. And they've come in various forms. You know, I've worked with really strong female leaders as, as managers, but equally so I've, I've worked with, and I work with at the moment, really strong uh, role models that are, happen to be men. Um, I think having somebody that, that acts as a mentor, that somebody that acts as um, a sounding board for you and sometimes pushes you out of your comfort zone, I think is also really important. Um, what about for you? Have you had sort of pivotal role models along the way? Absolutely. And, and, and very similar to you, very different roles, all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> um, and I've just loved the part that each and every one of them has played in my life. Um, one of them was uh, a maintenance worker and he this piece of advice has stayed with me for a long time because I would think of everything I need to do because it's such a fast-paced environment I guess he could and this is very early on in my career and he could see that um I, I always felt very busy <laughs> and he he's he would he said to me you know have a to-do list which should have three things and then a to-be-done list and and very simple advice, but I've kept that with me throughout my career. And, and I just think, you know, the, the messages that are meant to come to us do through anyone. So, um, yeah, there, there's there's been people who, so like him that haven't necessarily been a mentor, but have just given me, you know, nuggets of their wisdom from their life experience that I've taken with me throughout my career. But, yeah, I've had some 
wonderful, wonderful mentors and I just love meeting people, speaking to people from all walks of life and yeah, you never know who you're going to meet. So I think it's important to be respectful to each people, uh, every single person in their role, whether it's a cleaner, the CEO, I think it's important to treat people the same. That's how I was raised and um, because of that, I've built a lot of uh, great relationships throughout my 10 years. And I agree with you. So often the very best nuggets come from the person that you least expect them to. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've got to be open for those. Definitely. Um, one of the things that you commented on when we first started to, to have our conversation was, you know, that there are um, there are a number of women emerging in the in the safety space. Um, I think I've gone back to do some study here in, in New Zealand, and I know that I think actually it's something like 60% of the, the participants are in fact women. So I see that there's a big surge of women coming into the, the health and safety sector. But what I don't see so much of is the, at a very senior level. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that and, and how do we change that going forward? I think it comes from open-minded men in leadership roles as well too, kind of slowly getting rid of that boys club mentality and what has been <laughs> for years. Um, also, what I see is a big gap between, say, an advisor or superintendent role and manager roles. There's no kind of in-between or, or opportunities for, I guess, like that stepping stone before becoming a manager and there's very few opportunities compared to advisor roles. So, but often what happens especially um in in melbourne construction it's kind of the the same managers in the tier one space and and they kind of you know um they, they might circle around to the different companies but when those people leave the industry or retire there's then a big gap there so um, I think it's more opportunities and, and training and maybe sharing the role so that women and others can build their and younger people can build their skill set to step into those roles rather than there being so few opportunities and such a gap between, yeah, the, the other roles. Um, yeah, that's what I would say about that. Mm, I think there does need to be a kind of a transformational change. Um, yeah. it, it, I agree with you. It's kind of maybe getting um, people, perhaps it, it starts with um, female professionals in health and safety, really understanding their own worth. So mm -hmm. I think that that's possibly a journey that, that more of us need to go on. Um, and then I suspect by understanding our own worth, then those around us will start to concede that. I also think there's enough shift at the moment in the entire sector. You know, as we sort of lose our shackles, perhaps from how yeah. we thought about health and safety, health and safety one, to kind of the newer view of safety. Um, and that we're starting to see that there's a lot of value that's placed on the, our ability to be able to work alongside the workforce and really harness their knowledge and put them at the centre of those solutions. Um, so that, yeah, I think that there's a different skill set that potentially is going to be called upon in the future. But it would be really good to see health and safety female professionals move very much from that bulk of kind of being there doing the work to really sitting in, at that kind of strategic level. I think that that will bring, a, you know, a great deal of value and not in any way to denigrate um, people that are currently doing those roles um, yeah. but it would like would be good to see a little bit more kind of equality in the space I suspect 
I would love to see that. And my advice to females would be to don't be afraid to get out on site and, and build that knowledge. I know it seems like such a, a mountain to learn, especially if you don't come from a trade background, but people in the field love to talk about what they do and they love to share their knowledge. So yes, um, I, th I think in every role I know it's, it's easy to feel uncomfortable in or, or a bit out of place, maybe in construction or, or mining sometimes, but I think everyone feels uncomfortable at some stage, no, no matter what job they do. So it's leaning into feeling uncomfortable, getting out there, speaking to people, being vulnerable. It, it does feel like you are vulnerable when you admit you, you might not know something, but, but people don't, don't hear that. That's, that's our own insecurities. And I think, um, yeah, that, that weighs us down a little bit more as, as women compared to men in the industry. Uh, there's a, I'm going to butcher this saying, but it's like a lot of men get given or, you know, might step into a more senior role before women because they go, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, about 50% there, but the confidence is 100%. They're like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Whereas with women, and I've certainly recognised that in myself when if going for a promotion, like, okay, well, I need to do this training first and I need mm. to have, you know, this much more experience I think we have uh, maybe an obsession about being perfect um, uh, but really it should be progress over perfection and, and give it a go and, and back yourself and, and trust that you you will have the support and knowledge to get through whatever comes your way. Mm. Uh, look, I think they're such good telling words and I think that that should be the mantra that we should all have, um, whether we be, you know, new in the profession, uh, been in the profession a long time, whether we be male or female, that should be all of our mantra is, you know, that, you know, we should trust that we've got a skill set and keep developing that skill set and working with other people to, to work so that we can create something that works in the embitterment for everybody. Um, What's one thing that's really surprised you that you've sort of learnt in your journey so far? One thing that has surprised me, I would just say that it can be such simple things that can shift culture and people's mindset. It, it can be as simple as people just taking care of themselves and just being more responsible for their choices and and decisions not just at work but outside of work as well too that i know it just yeah i'm trying to ex explain it but yeah it can it has like a domino effect basically so i think what's important is to empower people to make their own decisions and have their own awareness but also ensuring that we have a good consultation with the workers ensuring that messages are received not just assuming but having good relationships with the workers and being a safe person for people to come to with any hazards or concerns but yeah it's it's not as difficult as what people think it is to create change and a safe workplace it's it's getting the basics right like um yeah ensuring there's a good balance and and people's well well-being is is well taken care of and and you know encouraging people to to look after themselves but also being a person that people feel comfortable going to with concerns is is very important and that's one thing 
I'm conscious of as a safety professional is is thinking long term and, and ensuring that people can come to me for uh, no matter what and, and always following through with little things. That's how you build people's trust. So um, if I say I'm going to do something, it's really important. A, a big value of mine is integrity and is is following through with that and getting back to that person. And, and if I can't, you know, action it by that day or whatever, I'll, I'll give an update to that person. So, yeah. But. Yeah, look, I agree with you. When I think of, um, if I think about our, our profession, I think about health and safety in general. For me, there are three pillars. For me, there is empowerment. So making sure that people have the knowledge and the skills, the, you know, the capabilities to be able to do the task and have an understanding of what does that task actually mean for them. Um, but it's also that wider piece. Like you say, it's about that well-being piece, about trust. I think that you know we need to start this with a, a human to human interaction make sure that we're doing right by the people that are doing the work and people that are doing the work do right by the organization um, and accountability and i think when those three pillars get out of out of kilter actually so does everything else so i agree with you you can make big change but it needs to be based on something that's genuine i think that often we kind of get caught up in slogans and we get caught up in sort of fancy things that don't really amount to much. But if we strip it back and we actually think about how is work being done and make sure that we provide, a, you know, a safety net for the people who are doing the work. So they have the right resources, the right skills, the right knowledge, the right tools, the right equipment. Actually, I think that we are more able to have um, upfront trust-based conversations. I completely agree um, and so well said. It People would like to come out with implementing things and, and new campaigns and uh, some new shiny thing when really I think it's about quality connection with people through consultation and, and just time with people is, is really where I've seen the biggest shift. And yeah, it just gets to be so, so simple. I'm still waiting for what I would love to see from more senior leaders is rather than, so when they start fresh, they go, right, I need to implement this and impress people. What well, I would love to see more of leaders going, well, where can I actually take away some stuff and what's actually serving a purpose here? And when I'm on site, the first thing I'm thinking about is how can I give more time to people? And that a big piece for me is, is training people and setting them up for success and not, in my mind, deciding what, that they've received it and that's enough. That's it, getting that feedback from them. Do you understand? Um, and, and they might feel like, yes, in the moment, but, you know, making sure people feel comfortable to ask me questions so they feel confident carrying out their role and, yeah, it's so important to set people up for success. Yeah, as you were, as you were saying that, uh, that very much strikes a chord with me. At heart, I still would act as, a, as an adult educator. That's still kind of my primary sort of, I suppose, thing that really that lights a fire for me. And I always think in training that it's never about the deficit. It's not about what somebody doesn't know, but it's about taking their, what they know and extending it. And really my role in that is to always extend it a little bit further than probably it needs to so that they can critically appraise what it is that they are being taught. 
but not only that, that they can critically appraise what it is that they're doing. So it's it's kind of looking and, and acknowledging that this is a person with these great skills and all you're trying to do is give an extension to them, kind of rather than fill up an empty vessel, which is often the kind of the approach that we take, particularly with training. We kind of take the approach that the person doesn't have much to start with. So you just simply try and fill it all in um, rather than acknowledging that they've got these great skills and what you're trying to do is do an extension through dialogue. Um, if I have one last question for you, um, my last question is for you is, um, I suppose, how important is it to get um, younger professionals interested in a career in health and safety? And kind of what would be some, I suppose, your parting comments on that? What could you kind of, I suppose, how would you sell this as a sector? How would you encourage other people to get into this particular role? It's so, so important and and it is such a rewarding career. Don't get me wrong, it is challenging, but I've, I, I've stuck with it. I've, I've done this for 10 years and I, I enjoy it so much. There is so much diversity and you're doing something different every single day. There's exposure to so many things. You will not get bored. There, there is no mundane. Be prepared to work hard, yes, but as long as you were taking good care of yourself and communicating your boundaries and and having some boundaries in place is really important for longevity in in this industry you you will survive and you will go far and you get to work with so many wonderful people i have worked with thousands of people now and i just love the people i meet every single day i love being um just a good part of people's day. I think so many people have had negative experiences with people in safety, myself included. So I really love to change people's experience with safety professionals. And I think young people just bring that new vibrant, you know, there's just such a breath of fresh air to people that have been doing this for the 30 years and, and be persistent with um, working with them to, to change their, their mindset and, and helping them become more conscious of their work environment because it's, it's amazing how quickly people become complacent in high-risk industries. <laughs> um, absolutely amazing. So it's really bringing that presence back to people and, and and being aware of their surroundings and what they're doing and, and how they're looking after themselves but it is a fantastic career I encourage more women to to get back into it you will add so not get back into it but to, to um, choose it as a career but because you add so much value you really really do and and having that that feminine presence in the industry just is so wonderful and and, and people really do benefit from it and and need more of so i i highly highly encourage it i've been disappointed to see like um less opportunities for safety graduate programs so i really if there's any big companies listening to this please start you know introducing that as a, as its own graduate program um, and creating more opportunities for for safety professionals um, which I, I valued and benefited so much from mine oh i got to do so many cool things i got to work on blast crew in in mining so so blowing it up the dirt and i got to do some truck driving um those graduate programs are, are just absolutely fantastic for getting that 
those mixed skills and seeing things from different perspectives. And, and that's one thing I'd encourage um, at the start of your career, you know, get up in the towel crane and, and you know, chat to the driver, um, you know, any experience with operating or, uh, you know, shadowing a trade, all that stuff is so, so valuable. And and a, a lot of people will want to share their knowledge in the in the industry as well too. But yes, highly, you won't be bored, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I think um, our sector, it, you get for the best work stories. Mm -hmm. I know often when, you know, I'm having a coffee with a friend or having dinner out with people, you know, sometimes I'll rattle off a story or an experience that I've had at work and people just think, oh, wow, that's so different. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really neat to, if even though I don't know how to drive a digger, to go and talk to a digger driver about what is he thinking when he's going through the, the you know, the motions. Yeah, um, yeah I, for me personally, this has been a really rewarding career and I do hope that more people you know, come into the career, um, young, old, female, uh, male, it, that it, it is just, it is a rewarding career. Very. Well, I thank you very much for your time today. Um, it's been a really enlightening conversation that we've had. Um, I thank you very much for your generosity of spirit and, um, you know, for spending the time um, having this discussion with me. So oh. I wish you very well in the future. Oh, thank you. It's been so wonderful speaking with you this morning as well. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, listeners, for being part of this podcast. We'd love to hear your learnings from today or other topics you would like us to support you on. Go to www.podcastlearnings.com and be part of the community practice of learning teams at www.learningteamscommunity.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.